0: Welcome, everyone, to Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Career Podcast. This is the Executive Director of BCLT, Wayne Stacy, and with us today we have Cynthia Cole and Nick Palmieri from the law firm of Baker Botts, uh, two of the experts in the Northern District of California on privacy and cybersecurity law. Uh, here today to tell us a little bit about the practice of, of privacy and cybersecurity law and what somebody could expect uh, if they enter this field. So, Cynthia, Nick, thank you for joining us today.
1: Happy, you, happy to be here. Wayne.
0: So, the, the initial question for this is you hear people talk about privacy and cybersecurity like they're one thing. Uh, the, the term always gets thrown around. You go to law firm websites, they have a privacy and cybersecurity practice the question I have is, are they the same or are they two different practices?
2: So I mean, I think um, it's a good question. It's a good question, and I would say that one being an expert in one does not necessarily make you an expert in the other, too, right? And so those are questions that this is more for a client, but even for you know a, an a young attorney looking to kind of specialize in either, it's important to sort of understand that, There are some, you know, particular questions and things to kind of understand about the practice itself um, that the firm has, right? If you're looking to sort of lean one way or the other, they are different, but they are converging. And I guess I'll maybe start with the differences, which are just roughly, you know, security is more focused on the kind of infosec, network infrastructure. issues, right? Patching and updates and encryption and, and those sort of particularities. And then privacy is an area that really didn't, frankly, exist in the US, um, except as an uh, you know, except it's sort of on the federal, you know, FTC landscape, right? But it didn't really exist a few years ago until, especially not consumer privacy, the way we talk about it today. And so now what we're seeing is that with GDPR and the California, you know, the CCPA, the CPRA, Virginia, Colorado, and the focus on The focus on privacy and consumer privacy. And then within those statutes, now we are seeing um, security mandates in those statutes, right? And so a lot of that is really what's driving the obligation, the obligation from a privacy perspective to have the right cybersecurity protections, right? And so that's really kind of how that is converging.
0: Well, Nick, for a for a new lawyer entering the field, do they need to think about specializing in one or the other as they they start their career and then later on learn both?
1: So, uh, from from my experience, it, you know, you start out doing doing quite a bit of both. Um, like Cynthia said, cybersecurity is more focused on the infrastructure side of things, so there's there's less of a, you know, legal aspect to it, you know, the legal department at an in-house company or at, at, you know law firms themselves will not be in the in the deep of a of a cyber incident. You know we're we're not behind the scenes shutting down servers or anything like that. Um, from the cybersecurity point of view, we're really respo- more responsible for you know the response of what happens. You know who are you reporting things to? Do we have to get the attorney general involved? Things like that. Um, you know whereas data privacy is a more proactive stance, you know, developing privacy policies, figuring out a response plan in advance, things like that, that you can do sort of before anything happens and which don't even need a really a breach to be relevant. You know, you're just thinking about how are you using this data? You know, that, that, that is what data privacy is really about. You know, not, not when your data is breached, but more, you know, what are they doing with this data? So, you know, when you're first starting out, you're gonna be on cases that are doing, looking at these things from both sides, you know, the, the responsive side and proactive. Um, and I think that, you know, as you go on, you can sort of choose to, to move towards one or the other, you know, you might specialize in running tabletop exercises to test a company's responses, or, you know, you might be the expert in developing a privacy policy for, you know, the specific needs that every company wants or you know overseeing mergers as they happen and figuring out whether a target is a security risk for this or that. Um you know in my practice, um for you know I obviously haven't been doing this that long, but you know, I've I've gotten to see things from both sides. And I think that's a good good way to start out um is seeing it from from every aspect. And then you know once you're more comfortable with one, you you can go one way or the other. But Starting out, there, there's no need to specialize in one or the other. I think they're both important and you'll, you'll, you'll deal with them both uh, working with clients no matter what. Well,
0: now, Cynthia, when you again, you look at some of the law firm websites, they, they talk about data privacy litigation and then data privacy counseling. Are those distinct practices or do those overlap also?
2: That's, inter- that's an interesting question, Wayne, and I think that it um, it it depends. <laughs> I think on the I think on its face, they are different practices, sort of initially, and I think it has to do with a lot of the way the practice has changed. Which you know, even ten years ago, maybe even five years ago, it was data privacy was much more focused on breach response right? Or defending a breach. Um, And so, or, or it was focused on, you know, someone got, um, you know, a company got a letter from the FTC, right? So that, those are obviously much more litigation focused practices, because those are not proactive. Those are, and those are not really counseling practices per se, right? Those are practices focused on defending a breach defending your posture in a particular industry, there are, you know potential antitrust overlap, right? And so those are issues again that are very litigation focused. And again, like get picking up on what Nick said, um, because now the practice is a practice that is proactive, right? Companies are obligated to make disclosures in a very transparent way, right? Um, with respect to the data that they collect. So that is a counseling practice. That is a transact, in my mind at least, right? And that's sort of where my, I would say, bias is, right? In my practice is that it is transactional focused because you are counseling clients, not just when there is an incident or a complaint, you are working actively working with them to understand the nuances of security and privacy, what their obligations are, and and, and creating um, a framework, right? Creating an overall framework and inter- an internally and externally as to how they manage those that compliance risk. And then also, all, you know, that also kind of moves off into use monetizing data, digitalization, right? And sort of how do you use it? In, and that's very transactional, that's very revenue focused. So that's really a lot of where, um, I guess, those are the sort of key terms. You have to ask a lot of questions, I think. Dig in to know, right, what the practice really looks like.
1: If you're-
0: well, for the junior associate coming into the privacy practice and in, in the counseling side of it, uh, would you recommend they, they look at some of the licensing bodies and some of the testing that's out there as a way to establish their credentials or at least set them apart from others?
2: Oh, you mean like the IAPP, for example? Yes. Yes. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I do think that there is a, that is a legitimizing, right, stamp. Um, And so I think that is always appropriate. And those trainings are good. I mean, those are good. you know, preparing for those exams, taking those exams, you get a good head start, I think, on a lot of, um, you know, on sort of a lot of issues, kind of understanding. That's something that I encourage associates who work with me to get those certifications. Um, I think they're important. Yeah,
1: it's a good piece. As someone who is currently, as someone who's currently preparing to take the CIPP US exam, Um, It does give sort of a unique perspective on a lot of laws that I don't necessarily deal with in my practice, right? You know, I don't deal with things like HIPAA or, you know, any financial laws generally. So without without studying for like CIPP, I wouldn't have really known about them beyond when a client comes to me suddenly with this potential HIPAA violation um, and is asking me, you know, questions about it, and I would have to look it up and figure it out at that point, you know, this sort of gives me a a good ground level understanding of a lot of things that I not yet had a chance to work with. Yeah.
0: Now, I understand that test has a a U.S. portion, and you can take a separate certification for the EU. Um, Both of them useful early in the career, at least?
2: Yes, I think so. I think so. I, I mean, I did it. I did it as a uh let's see how many years experience did I have 17 or something right and I not in not purely in privacy but I mean 17 years I was a you know former general counsel former interim CEO I basically went back to school right I mean I think that you know part of what frankly makes practicing law so interesting and compelling right is that you can learn new things and continually learning and, and sort of building on your profession. So I would encourage even older lawyers to think about it. And I do know quite a few who have done it in this space.
0: Well, well, Nick, this is i I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you, would you recommend going all the way back even to the law school time, you know, shortly after you pass the bar, or even before you pass the bar to look at these kinds of certifications, uh, if you're looking for a job?
1: yeah, I, you know if I, I would say don't don't do it around the time you're taking the bar exam, just focus focus on the bar then. But you know one l 2l year, um, you know, if you're slowed down you know and have have the time for it and you're looking for something to sort of boost your name against to, to firms, like take it, um, you know, it, it doesn't take a, a lot of studying, I don't think. But, it, you know, it is something you have to sort of sit down and focus on. Um, if anyone, is, you know, listening is aware of like the, the patent bar exam, you know, it's sort of uh, similar similar to that. Um, probably not quite as difficult as the patent bar from what I've seen, but, um, you know, it's sort of a similar, you know, a good way to make your, your name stand out um, and a good prep for, for what you'll actually be doing uh, when you practice this.
0: So one of my last questions, kind of a, a bigger question about you know, the future of, of privacy and cybersecurity laws. Is this, is this field going to be growing or is it stale?
2: Uh, oh, I think it's growing. <laughs> um, I, wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't have invested this much time and energy into it if I thought it was stale. Um, I think that what makes the practice frankly so vibrant um, is the fact that it has changed tremendously in the last few years and it's and it still is in a nascent phase, right? It is really kind of and 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 I think we haven't even reached the sort of, the, the kind of opportunities and impact, right, of these new regulations. Um, and, you know, I mean, we just had, uh, you know, we're still, I mean, there's just the, the landscape I would say is is um, is, is fruitful. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Growth. I, I think like even in Europe where we've had, you know, three years of the GDPR now, we're, we're still at the stage of like trying to figure out how yeah, the supervisory authorities in Europe and the, you know, data protection authorities are actually reacting to these things. You know, we still get, you know, sure. the, we're, we're trying to like find trends in how their decisions are making, but we still only have a couple, you know, in each, you know, respective country that's, that are pretty relevant. Um, So, you know, from the, from Europe's point of view, which is probably one of the more developed data privacy areas, you know, we're still in in that sort of initial stage of like okay how how are we interpreting all these provisions how are the authorities going to react to if we do x or y uh, same same thing in California like um the CPRA has just you know sort of upended up, upended things that people understood um uh were, were happening we, we have to see how that how that will change things once it actually comes into effect but yeah I think it's a very fast, fast changing field nowadays.
0: Well, and, and so I have heard you mention Europe quite a few times and California, and I know Colorado, Virginia have recently rolled out their own privacy rules. It seems like the, the privacy field is both international and multi-jurisdictional within the United States. So there's always going to be somebody changing the laws somewhere, if you're a company that's dealing across state lines or international lines.
2: No, no, that's right, Wayne. And I was even thinking, you know, the issue, you, you know, we had kind of talked about this before, but the issue of sort of what types of companies, right, this applies to, and I think that there could be you know, so many, um, you know, there could be a thinking that, well, this only applies to sort of the big, you know, ad tech companies, or this only applies to social media platforms or, but the fact is that's not true, right? And I think that's where, like you said, there's multi-jurisdictional issues, it's international, it's local, you can have San Francisco and Oakland have privacy, right, or, you know, privacy laws, right? Um, So you can also, but it's also a question of it is, it touches every single industry. I mean, we have clients who are very technology focused, right, very technology forward and have SaaS platforms. We have clients that are, you know, maybe sort of old school hardware companies that are looking to create new revenue models around data, right? And so they, have to get up to speed if they want to sort of pivot and continue to be relevant, right? In a kind of changing data monetization environment, right? So it is not a, you know, then you have obviously energy companies and you look at cybersecurity issues with respect to infrastructure. So, I mean, there just are so, there are so many, it, it, it's cross industry, it's cross jurisdiction, and that's part of, you know, the growth obviously, right?
0: well thank you both for your your time today it's uh it's an interesting field that you know didn't exist what 10 years ago at least didn't exist in its current form Uh, no one talked about privacy in the same way and there were definitely no real regulations uh, that justified a legal practice so I, i appreciate you helping everyone understand what what it might look like going forward